my name is Owen Walsh, and you're listening to the latest episode of Cabin Fever. Less a podcast than a group therapy session for writers, brewers, and friends from around the world who like to enjoy a beer together, but can't for now. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and under normal circumstances, we'd get together in the pub and thrash out our ideas over a beer or two. But we can't, because most of us now live in countries where it's impossible to go outside, never mind nip around the corner for a drink. We'd love to hear from listeners out there how you're getting on, what you're doing to cope, and what you're drinking. So feel free to get in touch on social media. You can find me at Owen Walsh, or you can send me an email at owen at beercity.brussels. I'd love to hear from you. And that's it. Enjoy the episode. I'm delighted to be joined this evening, um, episode 19 of Cabin Fever, and potentially the penultimate episode, um, but I'll get into that later. Um, This evening, I'm delighted to be joined remotely in Brussels by three guests, two returning and one new. Uh, Our our new arrival this evening is Helene Spidales, a good friend of mine from Brussels, a beer educator and tour guide. Hi, Helene, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Um, I'm joined again for the second time by Stephen Beaumont, a Canada-based beer and drinks writer. Hi, Stephen, how are you? Uh, very well, thanks. And last but not least, by Ben Keane, a beer and food writer, travel writer based in Washington State in the US. Hi, Ben. Hello again. It's great to have you back. Uh, ben, uh, maybe we can chat with you first, uh, as we usually do at the beginning of the episode. We go around the table and just check in with everybody to see uh, how they're doing over the past couple of weeks and what they've been drinking. So maybe we'll start with you. How are you doing and what are you drinking, Ben? Sure. I'm personally doing okay. Um, the, uh, I'm sure we'll end up touching on, uh, the sort of situation, um, here, both in the U S and the, uh, black lives matter movement. That's, uh, really gone global, um, which I think has a, me and a lot of people in a contemplative, thoughtful, um, place, um, but uh, yeah, I'm doing okay in, in my day-to-day life. Um, today, I cracked open a cold brew coffee lager from uh, Deschutes, which is just lovely. I'm a big coffee beer fan, um, and uh, this one's great. Um, and yeah, I guess that's the long and short of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll definitely get into kind of what's happening at the moment, because I'm interested to see, you know, um, both yourself... And Stephen, what, what the situation is where you guys are at the moment. But maybe we'll uh, scoot over to Helene and ask you, Helene, how you're doing and what are you drinking? Well, um, I'm, let's say, better. Um, this lockdown has seen its ups, ups and downs. And uh, it's been quite hard for me not be to be able to do my job and to see other people and to share good beers and good stories about beer like I love to do. Um, But, you know, there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully we'll be resuming our normal lives again soon, I hope. Um, So, yeah, I'm quite better now (laughs) and I'm drinking a mésange from La Source Brewery, Mésange Chicadie, I think. Um, and it's uh, it's an uh, exceptional beer. Uh, it's like a, a wild saison, a light saison. It's really just a tiny bit of sourishness and, uh, and that, you know, a usual character for a, from a, a barrel-aged beer. And um, 
La Source is one of my favorite, and uh, this may be one of their latest hits. Yeah, that's a brewery, Stephen and Ben, that's opened since the last time you guys were here, at least since the spring, Ben, when you were here last year. And Stephen, I know you were in Brussels um, late in the autumn. Uh, maybe we'll check in with you, Stephen. Uh, how are you doing and what are you drinking? Oh, I'm doing quite well, thanks. Um, it has been a difficult time over the last uh, little while. Um of course, for all the, the many, many reasons, um, some of which Ben touched on. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm soothing my nerves with a double IPA in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> uh, this is called 12 Years to Zion, and it's from a Nova Scotia brewery called Unfiltered Brewing. Okay. Who are, uh, they oh, truly fantastic. are. Well, they, they're, they're called unfiltered, not because they don't like to filter their beer, but of course they don't filter their beer, but more that um, the partner and lead brewer is a guy named Greg Nash, who's a bit of a, a Nova Scotia legend, um, and he is truly an unfiltered person. Um, when you talk to him, uh, you know, their expletives are, are running a mile a minute. Um, he does radio interviews and they've got someone full time on the bleep button, that type of thing. Um, and the 12 years to Zion is the 12 years that he worked for other people before he was able to open his own brewery. Okay. What's the beer scene like out in Nova Scotia? Like, cause it's quite a, I mean, it, I have it in my mind that it's quite a remote part of the country, but I think most of Canada is remote apart from, you know, the big city. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I just um, actually just today finally, finally completed uh, the new edition of the World Atlas of Beer with Tim Webb, and um, that'll be coming out in the fall. Plug, plug. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I of course do the Canadian section, and uh, I was when I was researching um, Canada uh, to try to get all the latest numbers that were available. I found to my surprise that uh, the four Atlantic Canada provinces number among the top five in terms of breweries per capita okay and uh, new brunswick and nova scotia are number one and two so even though there aren't the you know, ontario numbers of the of kind of breweries out there we've got over 400 in ontario um but they do have an enormous number for the scant population that they have yeah and um just talking about the book you know plug plug um I know you and Tim have been working on it for a while. When we last saw each other, you were still beavering away at it. How, how has that writing process been given, you know, the current situation and, 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 and how has that impacted on, on the final result or has it at all? Well, yeah, it definitely has. I mean, we, we technically finished the book and finished as in quotations because you never truly finish a book until it's at the printer. Um, but we finished it in February and we're just continuing to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite because of everything happening so quickly. Yeah, I bet. Um, before we get into the, to the meat of the conversation, I might as well say what I'm drinking. I am drinking Xenopils, which actually, Stephen, you and I were lucky before they even opened the brewery back in November. If you remember, we took a visit to Brasserie de la Seine. Um, to the new brewery, absolutely, yeah, and we drank it straight from the um, from the fermentation tanks, uh, which was which was lovely. Uh, but now they've uh, because of the current situation, um, they had originally envisaged that just as a as a keg beer, but they've 
re- release bottles of it because only since today are the bre- are, only since today are the pubs and restaurants in Brussels back open and it's delicious. Yay! Uh, uh, yay! Exactly, as ever. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right. You're making you're, hmm? yes, you're you, making us you're, you're making us jealous. I know. Well, we're we're. I mean. Brussels is not exactly a laggard in this respect, and 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 Helene, we can get into you know what the implications are, um, but we're certainly not one of the slowest. I think they've been things have accelerated in the last few weeks. I think the speed at which um, lockdown measures have been relaxed here in Belgium, I think, has has gone a bit quicker than I think maybe I expected. Uh, Helene, um, I don't want to speak for you, who uh, also a Brussels resident, obviously. Um, for example, today was the first day back for the schools, uh, for the schools beyond uh, first class and, and, and the last class of, of, of junior school. Um, and we didn't expect our kids to be going back to school at all because there's only three weeks before the summer holidays. We were expecting just to have to grind through all the way to September. So it was a nice relief, even if they're only going for half days to get them out of the house. It's for- the holidays for the parents for three weeks. It's- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, for- so they... they um, They are in school Tuesday, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Thursday morning, and Friday morning. So it's nice to get them out. Oh. They also get to talk to people who aren't me and their mother and their little sister, uh, which is nice for them. They get to reconnect. And also, as you were saying, Helene, exactly, we get some breathing space, um, even if it's just to sit at the table for two hours until we get ready to go and pick them up. It's something, you know, I'm so officially, I mean, if my employer is listening to this, which I don't think they are, I'm obviously working diligently in those few hours at my, at my full-time uh, professional uh, job, but it's nice just to have the breathing space and to have some quiet and to be able to tidy up without anybody running around. But anyway, I've been going on far too long. Helene, um, I am interested, you know, to get your take on how it's been. Obviously you work in the hospitality sector much more than I do. Um, it must be a huge relief to see places reopen today. Yeah, I was quite um, worried for friends that are bar and restaurants owner, um, especially for new ones and little ones. I was worried not to be able to go to their place again. I was worried for their financial being, and then uh, I'm quite happy to see them reopen, even if that doesn't mean um, everything is okay yet. Uh, finger crust yeah. for all of them um, and yeah I received uh, this evening uh, some photos from friends who were at the Moudor Lambic or at the Gist and yeah that brings me so much relief and joy to know that uh, sometime this week I'll be in a bar uh, drinking a, a draft beer and um, seeing some friends and being outside of this apartment in which I'm, I'm quite good, but, uh, yeah, seeing other people, yep. uh, that, that's going to be really, really nice. Have you, have you got, uh, have you already got a place in mind for your first drink back? Well, um, a few, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's going to be either one a day or, uh, at some point, a grand chelem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Um, on on Wednesday, I start working and helping at La Source, so probably my first beer is gonna be there. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, Miltrant uh, Cafe in Scarbeck or just in the city center. 
or uh, probably the tap room of the La Seine too. <laughs> yeah, know, well, that's many. it. I mean, the Brasserie de La Seine tap room, not to fixate on one brewery for the whole podcast, but, you know, anybody who knows Brussels beer knows how important they are. Their tap room of their long, of long gestating brewery is finally opening uh, on Wednesday, um, which I think for them is just at the right time because obviously it's taken them a long time to build it. And as soon as it was finished, we were on lockdown here, so they couldn't open and all of their... Um, clientele dried up because obviously they're a cafe focused brewery and now they have their own cafe which um i'm hoping to get to on wednesday lunchtime just as it opens so i mean if that doesn't sound too desperate but i admire your restraint my god i'd be <laughs> i'd be the first one in in the doors after uh after opening well they're only open on wednesday so it's not like i could i mean i could pitch my tent outside tomorrow afternoon Stephen. but I'd be, <laughs> i mean Number one, I'd be waiting in the rain, and number two, probably Ivan uh, Ivan de Bats, who, who who runs the brewery, um, would probably just look at me and just ask me to come inside. So I think you know, I think Wednesday lunchtime, uh, I'll take my computer down and I'll do some work down there. Um, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> I'm working. Sorry. Ah, yeah. Well, maybe I'll pop by because it's only around the corner. So yeah, that, that... Uh, we we open at at, at four. Uh, the bar opens at four. It's really interesting because that part of Brussels, Stephen, you would have seen the brewery when um, when when you were here in, in, in October, but that part of Brussels now has, at the last count, four four breweries within uh, 500 okay. meters of each other. Makes for a nice wow. little crawl. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because as anyone who's visited Brussels would know that m- more often than not, there's only one brewery traditionally in the city center that you'd go and visit and the other ones were a little bit too hard to find and now there's a whole new brewing district but anyway i don't want this to be the i know this is the brussels beer city podcast but i don't want it to be just about about brussels excuse me but um steven maybe we can i mean the last time we talked to you you were saying that toronto was quite an eerie place uh, you live downtown in the center of toronto how have things changed in the in the intervening couple of weeks or months even well, I can't say they've changed a whole lot. Um, the weather's improved, so that's that that's made a difference in that people are more outside now. Um, you know, Torontonians, we, we survive the winter and then we flee outdoors as soon as the weather warms up. Um, but the stores are, are now open, um, a lot of them very limited basis. The bars are still closed. The restaurants are still closed. Yeah. In fact, they just they just announced today that they're opening um, patios as of Friday, but not in Toronto. <laughs> so I'd have to get in my car and drive somewhere if I wanted to sit on a patio and then not be able to have a drink because I'd have to get back into my car and drive again. So... <laughs> <laughs> so the ideal bar location right now is somewhere on the outskirts of the Toronto city limits then. Yeah, it's actually, it's a, even a little further than that because the adjoining um, areas uh, are also still closed down. So basically the, the higher the concentration of population, um, the less likelihood that it's going to open up. We just have, we just have to be patient. We just have to be patient. Yeah. And how has it been for you in the, in, 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 I mean, I guess you've been focusing on the book a lot, but you know, it must be, you know, difficult to, uh, you know, find things to keep you going. Well, it's, it's actually a funny thing because last week on, on Monday morning, I said to my wife, you know, geez, I, I have nothing to do because the week prior I had filed uh, the, the last two columns that I had due and I just got, I, I just have nothing to do. And then by Tuesday morning, I had three major projects come flooding in. So, uh, 
it, it kept me busy for the week. But again, this morning I find myself, oh, well, that's the end of the Atlas. I have nothing to do and I'm waiting for, for the onslaught this time. Yeah. And as Ben was alluding to, I mean, there's been pro- there was protests in Brussels this Sunday, just past yesterday. Um, how has the situation been in Toronto in that respect? Uh, thankfully, um, there have been protests and the protests have all been very peaceful and orderly. Um, so we haven't had any, any rioting problems. We haven't had any vandalism issues. Um, I think that, uh, Canada is a little different than the United States in that the, uh, of course we have systemic racism. Um, you, you know, it's very difficult to avoid that, um, but it's not as raw a thing in Canada as it is in the United States. Um, yep. We don't have the same kind of historical um, areas where it's kind of built upon. Yep. So, you want to get uh, that? little soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's, that's my landline ringing. Oh, well, that's a fancy <laughs> ringtone for a landline. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, so, yeah, um, it, it's... We we had uh, we had protests. I'm sure we're going to have more protests. Um, once again, I think our prime minister, as he did with COVID, I think he's he's taking a fairly good and measured tone. So uh, that's helping matters. Uh, what's not helping matters in the middle of all of this is that we've had a couple of instances of alleged and pretty likely that it actually did happen. Uh, abuse of origin of Aboriginal people by the RCMP, the National Police Force. Okay. So that that doesn't help things. I can imagine, and I mean, presumably, as you were saying, you know, there are issues in racism of, around racism in Canada. Does that revolve mostly around the Indigenous communities? Oh no, um, they. I mean, we we do have uh, issues with uh, you know black people of color being stopped by the police uh, for no apparent reason. Uh, there are any number of instances uh, that have been publicized in the past and have been publicized again through all of this. Uh, there are still problems, even in what the United Nations calls the most multicultural city in the world, mm. which is Toronto. Uh, we still have have some systemic issues in this city and, and they need to be addressed. And I'm glad that this is happening. Yeah, it's a nice segue. Well, not a nice segue, but it is certainly a segue. Uh to get Ben in, because I know you've been sitting there patiently waiting. Um, <laughs> I still have my uh, lager here. <laughs> but it's even earlier in the day for you. I mean, it must be, what, early lunchtime? That's right. Just afternoon. Just afternoon. Good enough. Uh, you know, afternoon, literally, if not, you know, really. Um, how are you doing? How have you been over the past few weeks? We had you on in an early episode. I think it was all the way back in episode four. So it's good to check in and see what's changed for you in the interim. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of odd, but interesting to um, yeah uh, come back together with you on the show after so many months. Uh, kind of like Stephen said, some things haven't changed so much, um, but then again, uh, yeah, then there have been sort of momentous events um, in the last two weeks or so um, in terms of the coronavirus situation, um, states have begun opening up here, um, some quite uh, enthusiastically, I guess you could say, to be generous about it. Um, 
prematurely perhaps um, in Washington, it's been going county by county. Um, here in Seattle, we're just now kind of reaching a phase two of opening, which allows a little bit of um, public gathering restaurants and things at 50% capacity. Um, parks are open again, that sort of thing. Um, but it's still a strange time. And then, you know, the the backdrop, or I guess it's I, it's probably more at the foreground now, is uh, the protests that have been happening here and everywhere. Um, it's it's remarkable to me, um, as Stephen said, it's it's needed, it's called for, and uh, it's impressive that they've been sustained um, in you know every major city for I think ten days plus now, um, and they look to to continue. And, and I think that they've been effective with, you know, a few, uh, sort of rogue actors, perhaps, um, you know, casting shadows on the, the greater goals of the movement. Um, they've been peaceful and positive. Minneapolis is where it began is pledging to dismantle its, its police department right now. <laughs> so, um, I, I feel like, yeah, serious changes on the horizon. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I mean, Seattle has a well-established reputation for, for, for protest movements. And I know there was some, there was quite, quite some police, uh, brutality, um, and pushback against the protests. Were you, did you, did you see that? Did you experience any of that? Um, yeah, that, that is true. Um, we are, uh, a liberal and, and vocal city, I guess, by and large, um, you know, uh, we've got, we have some, some deep hippie roots. <laughs> um, I did not go to, uh, any of the protests my, uh, wife and I are expecting. Um, and so we're, we're trying to be, uh, extra careful, um, given the fact that, um, yeah, there is a virus that is not under control here. Um, but, um, the size of the protests uh, here have been the same slash they've grown in, in recent days. And there's uh, another scheduled for later in this week um, that's calling for people from all over the state to, to march. Um, and yeah, I think that the, the police response has been poor. <laughs> Um, yep. I think, it, you know, their their reaction, not just here, but in many cities um, has sort of underscored the need for change and reform uh, versus, you know, kind of being a, a cooperative uh, actor in, in things. No, it's interesting how it's developing. And I mean, as you said, it seems to have um, a durability this time around that maybe wasn't so obvious mm -hmm. in, in previous protests um so i mean this podcast has a short shelf life and it's you know for all that it is it's a sort of a beer centric podcast but it you know I, I we did want to talk about it for a little bit um just beer wise i don't know if this has spread to europe but um i would say uh in the last week or less um it has spawned this uh latest kind of mass collaboration beer um, that was initiated by a brewery in Texas called Weathered Souls. 
this black, uh, black is beautiful stout, um, where they've, they've made a label, they've made a recipe, they're encouraging breweries, uh, anywhere, I believe, um, to brew this beer and donate all proceeds to uh, a, a charity related to this uh, movement. Um, and I, I believe there are several hundred breweries that have committed to that so far. Okay, well, I'll, I'll definitely link to that in the show notes um, when, when we publish the podcast. I know for my part, I mean, it was something I was looking back on the previous episodes. Obviously, when we when I set up this podcast, it was a, it was a sort of light relief as I said previously, to um, to the weirdness of, of, of lockdown. Um, but I think on my own part, yeah, I probably it could, probably could have been less uh, less white, less uh, less pale. No disrespect to either you or or Stephen. Um, <laughs> in terms of guests that we've had on, and, and that's something I'm definitely going to look at myself. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask: when you were on the show previously, Ben you trailed a project you were working on for the North American Guild of Beer Writers. And I know there are some beer writers out there who are listening to the podcast. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about that and whether or not you're still looking for people to contribute? Sure. Yeah. So uh, myself and Stephen, I believe, um, are members of the North American Guild of Beer Writers. Um, And uh, we started a project uh, back in April called the Reporter's Notebook. Um, Essentially, what happened is we've got uh, a small uh, amount of money that we were going to use um, for some events coming up later in the year, including a symposia at the uh, Craft Brewers Conference. Um, And with so many things being canceled, we wanted to put that to another good use. And so we created this site where um, we're we're paying um, content producers uh, for short form journalism, whether it's uh, an audio uh, reporting segment, um, art and photography, um, or, or short narrative work. Um, And uh, we, we wanted to do this to kind of, be a way of giving back to hopefully introduce some new voices um, and also to give a platform for people in this time where it seems like um, paying writing opportunities and and media outlets that want to cover beer in a serious way are shrinking. And yes, we, Mm. we are still going and still looking for um, pitches. Again, it's called the reporter's notebook. Um, and so, yeah, I've been editing that site for, um, well, since since uh, early April now. Cool. Well, I'll definitely flag that. Um, I know I've, I've read a couple of good articles from the likes of John Hall, who we had on the show a while back. Um, and also, you know, you talk about the, 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 the shrinking world of beer publications. Obviously, in Belgium, we had Belgian Beer and Food magazine um, shut up shop in the last yeah. couple of weeks, which was not an unexpected um development but nevertheless it sort of leaves a gap now sad a bit yeah it's it's sad isn't it helene there's there's there's, there's it's a bit sad yeah there's very little um english language uh writing on belgian beer being published exclusively on belgian beer being published at the moment uh, i don't know from the francophone world if if that's any different for, for me it, it was uh definitely one of the best issues that uh, there were on 
here on the Belgium um, beer culture. And uh, it was really a, a really nice work, really nice photos. Um, everything was so in, in interesting and, and so diverse. And so, yeah, I'm quite sad, sad to see them go. But um, yeah, I'll read my old issues and, and go back uh, in time. But uh, I, I understand why. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be missing them in my letterbox. Yeah. Bit. And what about from the French language side? Is there much like how much coverage of beer is there in in Belgium even? In Belgium, there the, there are some blogs. Um, you know about Niamolog, um, I assume mm. you know about uh, um, other beer sites and 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 blogs, but um i maybe maybe i don't know about everything but and, and that would be great <laughs> but um i don't know whether there is another magazine um that is so that that, that produces uh as, as good content as uh that one it was nice having something really focused on what happens here our uh, history our culture um, what's new what changes and what stays the same and um we'll miss yeah i'll miss reading that it's i mean it's it's interesting because i mean everybody is so so ecstatic about belgian beer culture but from a from a belgian point of view there's not masses and masses written about it it's not something that seems to attract much um literary i mean that sounds like a pretentious thing but uh much literary attention you know in, in i i sometimes make the is the trite analogy but it's analogy nevertheless you know the it's sort of like an english approach to football soccer for the people on the west coast uh, uh, across the atlantic um it's something to be enjoyed and to be, uh, to participate in but it's not something to intellectualize over and i think you know it's a bit of a shame i mean you guys know that i mean but i think that um when people write about belgium beer culture it's mostly people that are not living here yeah. and and that was was nice it, it was from people from here um but um yeah we we lack a bit of uh self esteem here in in uh, belgium and uh we lack of knowledge knowledge about uh, our um so rich beer culture and and you know, it it's quite um, fun to see that uh, the UNESCO um, has um, said it was part of the intangible cultural heritage of humanity, but we don't seem to know that here. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we'll keep plugging away in Brussels. And I know Brendan up in, 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 in Dama with Sifon and with uh, Belgian Smack, we'll keep plugging away too. Yeah, and, that, that's really nice too. Um, but uh, time is ticking on. Um, you, we usually wrap up, uh, well, we actually, we started the podcast by uh, asking people, was there, you know, either they could say something that was frustrating them about lockdown or something that was encouraging as we're moving sort of towards, at least here in Belgium, a sort of out of lockdown phase, um, trying to also keep it a bit more optimistic because people have told me that i can be a bit of a doom monger um maybe you guys have uh, something 
positive, uh, some something that you've noticed in the past couple of weeks in your own lives that has been encouraging for you or uplifting, if 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 such a thing still exists. Uh, for me, I mean, I've I've found pleasure in the small things in the last couple of weeks, uh, getting out and doing some gardening, cooking, not making any sourdough, but you know, still you know, getting into the kitchen and, 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 and relaxing in there. Um, ben, is there anything that's, that's, that struck you as being something, something positive, some, something worth uh, leaning into in the past few weeks? Uh, yeah, I would say for me, um, as we're sort of well into spring here, um, just kind of the natural world in a, uh, in a way has been an, a source of positivity Um taking walks around um, my neighborhood with my wife every day uh, is kind of our, our activity, our way to get out. And uh, there's a, a large group of nesting great blue herons uh, quite close to our house um, that is uh, apparently bigger than uh, previous years um, because they've been undisturbed um, this spring. Um, and so we, we stroll down there and check on all of these uh, giant fledgling birds um, and, and watch them grow up. And, and that's kind of nice. <laughs> well, that's a very bucolic uh, scene that you've painted for us. Um, Stephen, what about you? Anything? Uh... I, I, I want to remind Ben that he really was supposed to say something about his approaching fatherhood. No, Ben, uh, from one dad to uh, learning from the birds to a future one, just block it all out until the last minute. And then, uh, you'd be <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, there is, uh, oddly enough, I found a lot to be positive about lately. Um, a, this, everything that's going on right now with black lives matter, uh, with the, uh, the protests, there is a, a real feel to this as the one that finally breaks through, um, that this is really going to make a change as opposed to protests in the past that have happened and then everything kind of slowly slides back into the old normal. Mm. Um, I don't know whether I'm just being a Pollyanna or what, but I, it, it feels like this one's different. It feels like something might be a positive permanent change out of this. Um, on the beer side, uh, I've been doing some research for a couple of the trade publications that I, I work for. And um, it's it's starting to look like the whole COVID effect is not going to be anywhere nearly as damaging as what we anticipated. Okay. Uh, it's, it's good to see. I'm, I'm getting huge reports, like very regular reports, of breweries that are still around because their communities have rallied to their assistance, uh, and we've seen it here in Toronto. Uh, I don't think I don't think any brewery has closed down um, in in this province. Um, maybe one or two that were off my radar that I didn't catch, uh, but basically what we've seen is is the communities have come together. They've said, "Hey, we want to support you. We're going to do everything we can to to give you that support." to help you weather through this storm and come out the other end and still be our community brewery. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's been very positive. That's good. And Helene, um, I leave the last word to you. Well, um, f for me, the last past weeks has, have been quite, 
not dark, but not easy. So let's go towards the, the next few weeks. Um, uh, the, 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 yeah, I, I'm really, really glad to be able to to go and, and have a pint somewhere outside of my place <laughs> uh, really, really soon with friends. We, we are here allowed to have 10 friends weekly. So um, choose your friends, go to bars and drink beer, local beer, because as, as Stephen said, um, it's quite nice to see that the, the, the breweries here in Brussels and I, I think in Belgium are not as damaged as we assumed, as we feared they would be. So continue to drink local and to support your, your, your the, the brewery that's uh, a few kilometers away because they helped us go through that lockdown episode of our life. So it's it's our time now to help them go a bit further and a bit further. So um, I'm really really glad to to be able to see them again, to know what they plan to brew in the next few weeks, so that um, we'll have plenty of tasty things to to have yep. when this weather will be. Better. better yeah well the, the weather is the only thing that's not playing ball right now but um i look forward to sharing a beer with you at some point elaine um if i make it into your group of Definitely. 10 or you make it into mine at some point yeah, in the next couple one, of weeks be one of my 10 friends please <laughs> um but i think on that note we'll leave it at that uh, it's been great talking to you guys ben and Stephen, across the atlantic it's been fantastic to catch up helene it's been wonderful to talk to you i know we haven't spoken in a while so it's been great to to chat um before we wrap up uh, this is a chance for you guys to give a plug to anything uh you have going on or just where people might be able to find you Stephen. um I'll leave the floor to you. If there's anything you want to give a quick plug to yourself or others, fire away. Uh, I, I feel like I've used up all my plugging space already. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep an eye on our, all your social media channels for the book uh, when it comes out in the autumn. Um, ben, is there anything you want to give a quick shout out to? Uh, yeah, my social media channels are where and back. And again, um, Please, uh, even if you don't pitch, please go to the reporter's notebook just for a read or a listen. Will do. And Helene, is there anything you want to give a shout out to before we head off? Well, uh, my social media is quite down at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I'll, I'll make sure to, to be active again soon. But um I'll be working at La Source uh, for the next few weeks to help them uh, reopen the bar. I'll be there two or three times a week. So that's a place where you can see me. And um, hopefully at some point and soon in the future, we'll be able to resume our guided tours of breweries uh, at Anstumelings yep. or at uh, Cantillon with once in Brussels. And... Um, uh, as soon as that's um, up and running, we'll be shouting it everywhere we can. So Cool. And I'll make sure to, to flag that. Uh, it's been great talking to you guys. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, this is likely to be the penultimate episode. Um, the intention of this mm. podcast was always uh, to cover the period of lockdown. Uh, lockdown is easing now in Brussels. Bars and restaurants are reopening and 
things are not going to go back to normal, but uh, some semblance of uh, previous normality will resume towards the summer. And also, I intend to take some summer holidays and won't unfortunately be able to talk to all of my wonderful guests every week. Uh, we have one more episode planned next week. There may be one or two more sporadically throughout the month of June, but for cabin fever we're coming to an end always end on a high don't drag it out longer than anybody wanted to so you know i take my leave from 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 that principle um but uh keep listening to us feel free to get in touch let me know what you thought of it um you can always find me at brussels beer city um as i said one more episode coming out next week but for now i'll say goodbye to my guests goodbye ben Stephen, and helen goodbye Owen. it's been a pleasure Cheers to everyone. Cheers, everyone. And that's it for today's episode of Cabin Fever. Many thanks to our guests and to all you listeners out there. If you enjoyed today's show, do make sure to subscribe. And we'd really appreciate it if you'd give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're using. Until the next time.